from Isaiah 37, 14 to 20. It's Hezekiah's prayer. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words Sennacherib have sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste all these peoples and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the only God. Okay, now, Muffin, yes, you asked some questions about prayer, yes. Okay, it's worth listening to how Hezekiah prayed and learning how to pray from it. Remember how at the start you said if God knows everything, if he's really in charge, if he's really powerful, how can you pray to him? Does our prayer really change anything? Yes, that's my question. Well, did you hear how Hezekiah began his prayer? Yes, but I can't remember. <laughs> All right. What he said was, he prayed to God as Lord Almighty, the God of Israel. So, <laughs> Lord Almighty, he was saying, you are the one in charge of all the world. You are all mighty. You are all powerful. You are in control. You reign over everything. You are the one in charge, Lord Almighty. So he knows the same thing I do, that God is in charge. That's right. But then he said, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, the God who loves his people, the God who is personal, the God who has come to live with his people, enthroned between the cherubim is a reference, um, into the ark of God, that gold-plated box that Moses brought out of Egypt. And inside the ark was the Ten Commandments, the covenant, right? So God had entered into formal relationship with his people. And on top of the ark were the cherubim, sort of angelic beings, sort of uh, who were, car who were um, a statue of them was there on top of the ark. God of Israel enthroned between the cherubim. You are the God who personally is in relationship with us. God Almighty, the sovereign God who's in charge, personal as well, the God of Israel. So when Hezekiah prays, I want you to think about this, he thinks of God as being the one totally in charge but personal at the same time, in relationship with him in relationship with his people. When we pray to God, yes, this is exactly the God we pray to. The God who is totally in charge and the God who is personal, who hears, who listens, who responds. Oh, 
That's right. And so that's why he goes to the next bit. Did you hear the next bit? Now, I wonder whether you've ever prayed to God like this. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes, O God, and see. Listen to the words of ridicule which have come your way. I wonder if you've ever done that. I don't know. Now, kids, have you ever done this? Where your dad is pretending to be asleep and you know he's not asleep, he's trying to get to sleep, but you wish he would talk to you. So what you do while he's lying on his bed or on the lounge, you go up to him and you open his eyes like this. <laughs> Has, have you ever done that to your dad? Yeah. Right? And, and have you ever got your mum when she's do, being busy doing something else, you know, she's, mums have so many things to do, she's running around doing lots and lots of things, and you just want her to look at you and pay you some attention. So have you ever got the face of your mum in both of your hands and turned it to you? Have you ever done that? I have done that. Okay, that's right. Can you imagine doing the same to God? Open your eyes, God and look and see. God, open your ears and listen. Have you ever prayed to God like that? Does God really have eyes and ears? <laughs> well, no, God is spirit, but it's right to say, God, pay attention. God, this really matters to me. Open your eyes. Give me some attention. That's what Hezekiah does. He, in other words, he relates to the mighty God as personal. And he relates to him personally. That's how we're meant to pray, personally to God. If you've got something really on your heart and on your mind, you can say, God, please, listen to me. Show concern to me. Open your eyes, look in my direction. You're allowed to say that, you know. You can say that to God. Hezekiah said it. And then he said, here's what's happening. But God already knows what's happening. I know God knows what's happening. Hezekiah knew that God knew what was happening because he said, Lord Almighty. But he said, this is what's happening. He said, this is what's true on the ground. He said, it's true that the Assyrian kings have laid waste all these people in their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them because they weren't gods. Now, God knows this, of course, but he's concerned for what goes on in your life. And even though Hezekiah knows that God knows what Hezekiah knows is true, he still says it. Now, are those words just wasted? No, because they directly follow into Hezekiah's prayer. And then at the end, he says... Hallowed be your name, he prays up, and he prays down, deliver us. He says, rescue and deliver us, that's praying down, for the sake of your name, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. Do you see? That's like the Lord's Prayer, praying up for God's name to be hallowed, praying down, deliver us. That's what Hezekiah does. And he prays to the God who's in charge, but who's personal. 
So we've seen Amanda under great pressure, a need to pray. Hezekiah goes into the temple and he prays. But what happens? Does God hear? And does God answer? What is the answer? And will it make a difference? Now we need to hear the next bit, don't we? Okay. Isaiah verse, uh, chapter 37, verses 21, 23, and a few others attached to it. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Because you have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken against him. Virgin daughter of Zion despises and mocks you. Daughter Jerusalem tosses her head as you flee. Who is it you have ridiculed and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. Verses 28-29. But I know where you are and when you come and go and how you rage against me. Because you rage against me and because your insolence has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth and I will make you return by the way you came. Verses 33 to 35. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. Okay, so we had a situation of great pressure. King Hezekiah, threatened by the great king of Assyria, who said, I'm coming to get you. Hezekiah tears his clothes, goes into the temple, and he prays. And he prays to God, who is in charge, but personal. And he prays, hallowed be your name and deliver us. That's the prayer. Did you hear the answer? Yes. No. I mean, I did, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. This is what happens. God sends the answer through the prophet Isaiah right at the point when Hezekiah is praying. So Hezekiah is praying in the temple, God is hearing, and God gives an answer to Isaiah the prophet, so God hears, yes, and then Isaiah sends the answer back to King Hezekiah. So here's the answer. God hears our prayers. They don't just go into nothing. They go up to him in heaven and he is concerned for us. So God responds when Hezekiah says, open your eyes, open your ears, listen to me. God hears, all right. And this is the answer that comes back. And he says, here's the answer to the king of Assyria. We laugh at you as you run away. Do you know who you've spoken to and who you've ridiculed? You have ridiculed the God of the universe who is the God of Israel. 
you do not want to pick a fight with me. You have no idea um, who is the God who you've spoken so rudely to. And then he says, guess what? This is the bit that wasn't read. Part of the answer is, and news for the king of Assyria, you know how you've been really successful? Well, that's because I made it happen, says God. (laughs) I made it happen. I planned it out long ago. I announced it, it was going to happen. It's not about you, it's about me. And because now you've overstepped the mark, because you've raised your puny fist and shaked it in, in my face, he says, I know all about you and I'm gonna come and drag you home. You will never ever enter this city of Jerusalem because I am going to fight and I am going to defend it. Wow, that's the answer. God says, I'll defend it for the sake of David, my servant, the great king of the past. For his sake, he's been long dead, but for his sake, I'll defend this city. Whoa, that is an answer. That's right. For what happened? You want to hear what happened? That's the answer, but did it actually change anything? Okay. Well, here's the bit that wasn't read. Let me read it to you. Straight after the answer is given, Isaiah chapter 37, verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. He just dealt with it like that. When the people of Jerusalem got up the next morning, they looked and all they saw were dead bodies. So, Sennacherib, the king of Syria, broke camp and withdrew. And he returned to Nineveh and stayed there. Fast forward 20 years. There's a full stop there, but it goes 20 years. One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of his god, Nisroch, his two sons killed him with the sword and they escaped to the land of Ararat. It happened just as God said. Do you see the story? Recorded three times in the Bible, For us, here's the story. Hezekiah under great pressure. Then he prays. Then God gives him his answer through our prophet Isaiah and then we see it makes a difference. Hezekiah prays, God hears, it makes a difference. And the people are delivered. Now, what does this tell us? Okay, let's learn about this. First of all, God is powerful in charge and he is personal. I can't understand that. Don't worry, you don't have to understand it, you just have to believe it because it's true, okay? In fact, in the Bible, God being in charge is never a reason not to pray. It is always a reason to pray. Imagine for a moment that God was personal but really not in charge. He might want to answer your prayers, but he can't because he's not completely in control. But the fact that God is completely in control and almighty and all-powerful means that when we pray to him, he can do something about it. So in the Bible, God being all-powerful is always a reason to pray. It's never a reason not to pray. If we have in our heads come to the conclusion that because God's in control and all-powerful, therefore we shouldn't pray, we are thinking wrongly. This is not biblical thought. It's because God is in control, almighty, 
the Lord. This is reason to pray. Now, will he hear us? Yes, because he's personal. <laughs> uh, give ear, O Lord. Open your eyes and see. And yes, God does listen and God does see. And he is concerned. Okay, so first thing, pray to God who is powerful and, per and personal. And then you can actually ask God to open his eyes to you. If you feel like God isn't looking in your direction, well, talk to him and call him to do it. He's personal, he's your father. He's like your dad lying down and you're wanting to open his eyes. Will you look at me? Okay, you can do that. You can do that with God. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Now, the last thing I want to say is to think not just of Hezekiah as an example, but Hezekiah as a king. The king prays on behalf of the people and God hears and delivers. Did you hear the answer? God, God said, I will defend this city for the sake of David, my servant. Guess what? There is a king who comes after Hezekiah, the great son of David, Jesus. And he is a king, and I want, want you to concentrate here. He is a king who is in heaven right now praying for us. He is interceding before God on our behalf with the Spirit. We have two heavy hitters praying for us, did you know? Now, what this means is that when we pray, we always come to God through Jesus. We say, in Jesus' name, don't we? We come to the Father through the Son. But because the King is praying for us, this is extra reason to believe, yes, God delivers us. And he has done it, hasn't he? The cross, the resurrection, he's powerfully at work in our lives. So, if you have an issue, make sure you pray. Make sure you pray to the God who's in charge, who's personal. Make sure you call upon him to pay attention. That means that you've got to think about what you're praying, right? And you've got to pray things that re you really need. But when you do, okay, you have Jesus also who's taking those prayers to God on our behalf. Now, Mark, where are you? Mark is going to lead us in prayer right now. So having learned about prayer, we are going to pray. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. 